You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue on with our Lost Recap series. We are now in to the tenth episode of the very first season. This episode is called "Raised by Another." First aired on the first of December, two thousand and four. That's World AIDS Day. Just thought I would point that out. Don't know why I know it, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> written by Lynn E. Lift and directed by Marita Grabiak. Uh, is this the first female director we've had of uh, episode mm. of Lost? Yeah, I think so. There we go. It's the only one she ever did. Progress, me. ladies and gentlemen. Progress. Uh, but yeah, excited to talk about this one. We're going to be to Australian. Uh, it's Claire. Time to talk about Emily DeRaven. I don't know why we put on an my accent. Baby. My baby. <laughs> like, we're Australian. We don't need to put on an accent. Um, but we do anyway because we like to emphasize the fact that she's Australian. Uh, my name is Ben. And well, gosh, you sure know how to butter a man up, stay puffed. And name, Noah, age 22, location, Crapole Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this episode's an interesting one. Um, I mean, we, we set up a few decent bits here moving forward, but it's also Claire, and, I mean, she's everybody's favourite pregnant woman, isn't she? Yeah, um, <laughs> you're sounding a bit low on it. Um, I like Raised by Another, um, I, uh, especially the flashback. I think it's one of the better ones of the season, Um so I think maybe we're going to have some differing opinions because I think there aren't really many bad moments in this episode. I just, I mean, I don't hate this. I don't love it. It's, eh. I mean, Claire's just not my favourite character. She's okay. No, she's no one's <laughs> But I think the episode is still <laughs> She's not even Emily DeRaven's favourite character. No. She likes Boone. She loves Sun. Oh, Sun. <laughs> okay, I would have gone with Boone, to be honest. But um, do we ever see a Claire and Boone scene? <laughs> Like, there's the hidden romance of the island. <laughs> Where's Cloon? <I'd> what? <laughs> Cloon. Um, so I think we can probably lump the flashback together here, can't we? Um, I mean, yeah. there's not a whole lot really. I mean, it ties in for the fact that we're learning about Claire and a baby. Uh, <laughs> stop saying it like that. We're Australian. We know what she sounds like. Anyway, so um, we'll start with the flashbacks then. And uh, we see Claire. Uh, she knows how to pee on a stick. We meet Thomas, um, who's a dick. Oh, just, what a dick. Fucking, he's a dick personified. Like, what a, he is one of the worst people. He's a douche novel. This is a show with Benjamin Linus, and he's still one of the worst people. He actually kind of looks like um, Benjamin Linus in the younger days. Actually, just looking at a photo of him. So. Plot twist. Plot twist. Um, this, this guy's weird because we talk about the bad Australian accents in this show. He's um, Australian. Yeah, he's Australian, <laughs> but his accent sounds so fake. Oh, hang on a minute, Noah. He's got an official website. <laughs> this is oh. Kia O'Donnell. Oh, and actually, sadly, he hasn't paid his bill because I've just gone to KiaO'Donnell.com <laughs> and according to HugeDomains.com, Kia O'Donnell is for sale. <laughs> Holy fuck, it's expensive. You can buy now for $1,695. What the hell? <laughs> I'll get straight on to Jesus that. Christ. Uh, he's apparently known for wedding crashes, the breakup, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, and American Snipes, some esteemed pieces of cinematic history there. Uh, <laughs> So, anyway, uh, we meet Thomas. What a douche nozzle. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a dickhead. Uh, basically, Claire's pregnant. Uh, plot twist, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the big reveal of her flashback. Um, and we basically, I mean, we don't really get a whole lot on why these two are together. Who's <laughs> with Thomas? Seriously. Um, but he basically says, like, oh, we can do this. We can keep the baby. We can make it work. Um, and Claire's old like no we can't and i was like oh but we can like why not why like shut up thomas like you're yeah. such a douche nozzle I, I have to say i absolutely burst out laughing because you're already saying a thomas is a dick but he's even more of a dick because claire says my mum would disown me <laughs> um and uh thomas says she basically has already uh, but what's funny to watch in hindsight is when we see the season three flashback of claire we learned that Claire's mum was in a coma through this entire 
period. So Claire says, my mum would disown me and Thomas, yep. knowing that her mother is in a coma, says she basically has already. <laughs> so he's even more of a dick. And I would just burst out laughing when I heard him say that. Uh, you kind of have to, like, Claire's obviously a very naive character, and I think this really shows it because, I mean... One thing is, as much as I'm not a fan with her, it's kind of like what I was saying about Charlie a few episodes ago, that, like, I feel sorry for Charlie that he's kind of in a situation where it's not entirely of his own doing. Like, you can blame Liam slightly for why he's in his predicament. Whereas, clearly for Claire, like, sure, she's let him have sex with her, but at the same time, like, he's the one who's like, keep the baby. Five minutes later, nah, just kidding, I'm leaving. He says this could be the best thing ever. No, Thomas, um, you're a dickhead. Like, fuck you, uh, Thomas. What does he say about... Doesn't he say something like, I've done nothing wrong or something like, when they're fighting? It's like, what? It, everything is your fault. Can we just say, this is two straight white men talking here. We're the two groups... That, well, the one group is not allowed to have an opinion here. But we are, like, legitimately on side of Claire here. This guy's a dickhead. Like he's he's one of the worst characters in this show. He's a horrible person. Oh, Screw yeah, Thomas. Fuck you, Thomas. <laughs> you don't want to know why he's a dickhead. Look at the background. He's a Brisbane Broncos supporter. Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> Which uh, he's in. Why is he in Sydney? And he goes for the Brisbane he's Broncos. I mean, maybe he comes from Brisbane. I, that will explain. I just, him. I just love the fact that, like, as we know, this is all filmed in Hawaii. So they're probably going, okay, we need an Australian prop. Anyone, anyone? Oh, the Brisbane Broncos. Let's put them in the like. <laughs> I mean, props to them. They didn't put like, oh, I'm a fan of the Sydney Alligators or something like that, and just made a team up. So I mean, at least they've gone <laughs> for realism. But you know, at the same time, um, fun little fact. Um, the paintings that Thomas paints in his apartment, uh, some of them show up in Widmore's office later on in the show. But um, Noah Groves, I've just actually read here that on a on a podcast, uh, Damon Lindelof and uh, Colton Cuse uh, said that there is no connection uh, yeah. through them. It's just Easter eggs. It's just Easter eggs. Well, it's because Jack Bender, who directed most of the episodes, uh, is a painter. So anytime there's a painting that ever shows up in Lost, it's normally done by him, and they just put it in for fun. Right. But, of course, people who transcribe podcasts of that are probably going to be like, oh, my God, the painting, Thomas is with my son, or something <laughs> like that. Well, look, there's a connection between Claire and another character It would explain anyway. things. <laughs> and Whitmore, he's an Australian, I guess, even though they never addressed the fact that he's speaking with an Australian yeah, like the actor. one Australian actor who's actually not playing an Australian, basically, right? <laughs> Whereas his stupid douche-nozzle Caro... What, what sort of name is Care? K-E-I-R. <laughs> No wonder he's a douche nozzle. I mean, Jesus Christ, what a name that is. Um, so anyway, yeah, so he's like, let's keep the baby, great. Uh, but then later on, uh, the next bit, we meet Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> she is the worst actor ever. Played. I like her. She's nice for Who's she played but... by? I'm just looking here. She's got her own article. Oh, I don't know. Um, doesn't say much about Claire. This is the only time we see her, right, isn't it? Uh yeah. Jenny Chang is Rachel. Jenny Chang. Oh, TV's The Jenny esteemed Chang. Jenny Chang. Um, according yeah. to this, she doesn't even have an IMDb page. What? <laughs> no, because this was probably her one thing because she's so bad. And Jenny Chang, I mean, I'm sure you're a great person. Love to get to know you, but no. They've probably just, like, literally gone around the streets of Honolulu and gone, uh, Australians yeah, on, on, on tour here. Um I've actually, I know she does actually have a, a, a IMDb profile. She was been in other esteemed programs such as Lunch Hook. Oh no, she was in the moment where she was the voice of Lunch Hookup. She was Girl in Truck in Fields of Mudan. She was news anchor in Agent Orange, and of course, probably most well known as Kathy in the Orb. Oh, she plays Kathy. Yeah, I knew I recognised. Ah, oh, Kathy from the Orb. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I couldn't tell you if she's really Australian or not because it doesn't say. Her bio on IMDb literally says, Jenny Chang is an actress and producer known for Fields of Milan, Agent Orange, and In the Moment. I don't get this because all of her credits are like 2003, 4, 5. I don't get these people. Do they like be in a few things? They're like, oh, yeah, acting's not for me. And then they never show up in anything. Or has she been like auditioning nonstop for seven years? I would go out on a limb and say somebody tapped her on the shoulder and says, acting's not for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jenny, Jenny, um, you know, your last appearance is Kathy from can, The Orb. Can we just also point out, 
According to Lostpedia, it says portrayed by Jenny Chang, voiced by India Dupre. So she's been Nikki Vanderzield. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? Seriously? And then if you click, and if you click on India Dupre on Lostpedia, it says India Dupre played the voice of Claire's friend Rachel. Dupre is also known as a folk singer. <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't pick up on She's that. She's been Nikki Vanderzield. <laughs> what? I, I've never, ever picked up on that. <laughs> ever. So, uh, Jenny Chang must have been even worse <laughs> than we thought she was. And when she did her Australian accent, she must have been so bad. <laughs> and just imagine Jenny like, oh guys, I got, I got this role on this hit new TV show on ABC. Gets the whole family over. <laughs> Like, sitting down, speaks, not even. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that, though. I've never known that. There you go. The Oz Network providing information to Lost fans all around the world. Well, they did a good job because I never picked up on... <laughs> then maybe Jenny Chang isn't the terrible actor. Maybe it's India who just makes it bad. Is that in your, your book, your friend's book? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Anyway, so dumb Rachel, <laughs> voiced by TV's um, not Nikki Vanderzeel. Um, TV's silent Jenny Chan. They go to a, a house. Don't you, don't you love how they portray Australian houses? Like again, I know this is Hawaii. I know they kind of got to make do with what they do. But I've been to Sydney. You've been to Sydney. Do you ever see houses that look like this in Sydney? I don't. <laughs> um, I mean. Must Somewhere. We know that probably cost like $8 million. But um, anyway, so we meet uh, Richard Malkin, uh, who's a psychic. And they thought, well, why not? Let's like let's go see a psychic because as we kind of get that little backstory with Claire, she likes astrology and kind of stuff like that. Um, and then he grabs a palm and he's all basically like, oh, no, can't do this. Can't do it. Things are a bit blurry. Blurry's bad. Go away. And um, basically kicks him out. Uh, I love stupid uh, Rachel chimes in. Oh, her mum's in. Like, shh. And, like, she's just like, keep talking. Um, now, we should mention, uh, so this is Nick Jameson, who, uh, look, I know him but mainly from 24. Although I think actually he was in this before 24. So when he was in 24, I was like, hey, he's from Lost. Uh, so he's not Australian, but he actually doesn't do that bad of an Australian accent. Horrible. No. It's not great, but it's better than most. It's better than Keel, and he's is Australian. <laughs> he's kind of. I mean, it's got a bit of an English yeah. twang to it, but I mean, it's still. Yeah, it's it's not perfect, but some of the words sound. Yeah, pretty good. He's, I mean, I think for most part, if you're watching this, you probably assume he is. Um, so I, I, yeah, if you're not from Australia, you might be able to not tell. But I like Richard. Uh, he shows up in two flashbacks, and he's always been one of my favourite kind of characters who only appears in one or two episodes um and we'll get into more of him as a psychic a bit later in this episode but i i always think he's got screen presence i think he's good i i mean he was the russian president in 24 for those at home who <laughs> wanted to know um but yeah i i, I like also just uh, we went over this i think in jack's episode when he's in the hotel about like real australian money if you don't know what australian money looks like like that's what that is that's actual australian cash but anyway uh so they leave because he's basically kicked them out and uh, rachel what a freak shut up rachel uh, <laughs> Claire has some terrible people she associates with. Um, speaking of which, Thomas is back. Um, uh, Claire's buying. She's bought some drapes. Good on you, Claire. Uh, do we call them no, drapes? Uh, I don't know. Like, like we know what we know what drapes are. Yeah. but I don't think we call them. I drapes, can't. Do we? They've yeah. actually got a very weird name because I remember uh, my mum used to get like when she bought them once in my room. She called them something specific, uh, and I'm like, what are, what are they? But like. Um, oh, I just call them curtains. The, like the, the the sort of ones you see, like they've got an actual name for it. Um, Do you think uh, Kate sewed these ones? Yeah, probably, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, what? Uh, <laughs> Kate, I sewed the drapes in my apartment. Oh, right. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I just dubbed that over with that uh, actress, Indria <laughs> Naidu, whatever her name was. Um, but... <laughs> Not her. Um, but so, anyway, Thomas comes home. He puts some beer in the fridge. Sasha called, wants to go out tonight. Another friend of Claire's. Oh, Good old Sasha. Is that Sasha? No, because that's Rachel. Like, Why couldn't they just said Rachel? She's got another friend, probably a good friend. That's popular, Sasha. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden... Yeah, she's so- social Sasha. How, how pregnant is she at this point? She's, what, like three months pregnant or something now, isn't she? Uh, a couple months. So then fucking Thomas, the douche nozzle. <laughs> Claire, I can't do this. This isn't working. 
Shut up, Thomas. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, what? Three months into a pregnancy, you are a dickhead. Like, you can't do this, Thomas. Oh, he just basically says, oh, cold feet. And then, like, to just dig. What about my dream? Dig the knife. Yeah, exactly. What about my paintings? What about me? Dig the knife in a little bit more. I don't bring this about your daddy abandonment issues. Like, what a dickhead. Yeah. I do like that line because I don't think they had come up with the. Jack Claire relationship at this point, but I'd like that it's in there though to look back on. I think that's kind of cool. Still just a douche moment. Come on. Um, yeah. And then I, I do love. And then I've done that. Well, I love Claire's very Australian. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, then he like tries to blame her even more. You were supposed to be on the pill. You're bringing this oh, up three months later. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that it's his apartment, but he's like. See ya, I'm out of here, Claire. I can't do this. And he just leaves her in his apartment. Oh, my God. It's like... Like... Oh, he's an awful... Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you think she's on the pill or not. Like, I mean, you know, just... And then we never see him ever again in the series. And it's kind of crazy to think that this is Aaron's father. And after all that happens with Aaron and everything, old, old Aaron... Yeah, this is his father. Yeah, so we know what Aaron's going to turn out like a douche or <laughs> Dick. Um, yeah. No, he's horrible. I hate it. Poor him. Claire. Zoomed up on her face. She's sad. Um, <laughs> just reminds you of that video. The, everything that happened in Lost in five seasons. Claire gets broken up by Thomas. Sad. <laughs> Watch it. It's funny. Uh, he's just... How can you... Oh. Oh. Screw you, Thomas. I feel... Can we just have, yeah. like, the whole of shame, oh, like, the douche nozzle of the week? It's Thomas. Yeah. I mean, no wonder she's not. She's a bit cautious around Charlotte. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would be. Like, fuck you, Thomas. Um, If I ever saw him in the street, I'd punch him in the face. Like, <laughs> oh, your TV's Kier, whatever his name is. Punch. <laughs> what was that for? You left, Claire. Yeah. Horrible. And I'm sure Night Out with Sasha would have been. Fun. Yeah, Sasha seems fun. <laughs> At least she's got a friend to go out and get pissed with later on. Uh, anyway, so the next bit, uh, she goes... Oh, Claire can't drink. <laughs> well, I mean, she's Australian. We still drink when we're pregnant. <laughs> she goes back and sees Richard and basically says, like, look, you know, can I have another reading? Um, I like the line when she's like, when he goes to count the money and she's like, oh, you need to count it? That's not how it works. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so basically, yeah, we, we get... This, um, I think I jumped ahead before and I said blurry is bad. He says that here. And then basically, danger surrounds this child. You must raise it yourself. Um, and, you know, go- your, good- <laughs> so your goodness must influence. Like, look, at this point, what are you thinking? Like, this is, like, kind of scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't believe in psychics. That's why I love the flashback. Yeah, well, I-, I don't believe in psychics at all. But, like, I mean, if I was somebody telling me this, I'd be like, okay, what are you selling? <laughs> like, you're-, you're advocating for, like, adoption. You're an anti-abortion person or something like that, you know. Uh, you're a- I'm not sure if you picked it up, but did you notice when he says, um, you mustn't allow an other to raise this child? Uh, I, I mean, I heard him say Well, it. he says you mustn't allow another to raise, but if you take put a space in it, it's you mustn't allow an other to raise this child. that sound deliberately? Which, no, I don't, but it's still cool. <laughs> uh, but then, can I just point out... He does turn into a bit of a stalker at this point. <laughs> because, like... Ringing her in the middle of the night. She leaves, and then, like... I love how Claire... But, like, this is the thing. This isn't even the same night. This is, like, a month later. She's like, oh, you again! <laughs> in the middle of the night. You mustn't let somebody raise this baby. Oh, for fuck's sake, leave me alone. <laughs> Richard, just shut up. <laughs> I, don't you love Claire, though? Like, she's learning something from Charlie here, which is... Great danger will befall you if you don't stop calling me in the middle <laughs> of the night <laughs> that's a good line from claire um yeah yeah he's creepy malcolm he's very creepy um next bit we're at a, a a law office here basically apparently this is arlene and joseph stewart they have their own page like do we see them again or like, no no we don't no? Uh, i mean you mentioned about um rachel being a bad actor um this arlene she's terrible <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph, he needs to get India in because he's just like silent. He doesn't say anything. Um, <laughs> he needs India to do his speaking for him. And we have terrible. It's all Arlene. Terrible fake Australian lawyer. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> sign away your child's rights. You won't ever get to see it. You'll get $20,000 when you get it. 
Um, she says, I'll sing Catch a... Do you know the song Catch a Falling Star? I mean, everyone knows that song, Claire. Come on. Um, and then, you know, a bit of a sign. The pen doesn't work. And the other one doesn't work. Then Arlene just happens to have a pen ready to go. <laughs> I wish this sketch went on for longer. They just go through all these different pens. They go through, like, squiggly pens and, like, textures and crayons. And just... Keep going and, and going. And listen to that. The worst act, like, Arlene, what? No. No. <laughs> so I read, bad. Apparently, Arlene and Joseph were originally supposed to be a couple from LA living in um, Melbourne. I don't know why they didn't do that, because they're clearly not Australians. So. Well, Lisa Fraser plays Arlene Stewart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I just point out, like, and I don't know this for sure, but I, I'm pretty just in terms of what I've, I've seen in terms of like laws and that in Australia, it's not this simple to adopt in Australia. Like it's actually very difficult to go through adoption here in our country. That's why a lot of people in Australia actually do go to like Asian countries and adopt sort of Asian babies because like it is, it's such a difficult process to be able to adopt. So they make this out to be so easy. Like, ah, 20 grand, never get to see it again. I'm I'm sure that's probably the case in America. I mean, I know that from American TV shows, but yeah, it's, it just, and I also read that it's illegal to pay someone. Yeah. And I mean, 20,000, like, I mean, God, if that's the case, then I'm getting, I'm getting, well, also I'm just like getting a woman pregnant all the time let's adopt a baby everybody 20 grand we're rich um, it's not very nice I'm just but... reading here this is this is Arlene Fraser's only role to date in a TV show or film really hmm. <laughs> wonder why <laughs> oh but I really want to see more of Arlene but I mean was she overdubbed by Nikki Vanderzeel 2.0 or <laughs> I mean they don't even tell you that name of joseph exactly. <laughs> uh because he just doesn't say anything oh joseph has a page does he arlene stewart and joseph stewart they've got a page each or like because i've seen the one of them together but um they've even got oh what a, no, a, a great little trivia here they've got a trivia oh, i was about to say that page. they look at a photo and there's what yeah, in the original airing of Orientation, Desmond looks at a photograph that is clearly not Sonia Walga who plays Penny, although it is corrected for DVD. Some fans say that the woman in the photograph resembles Police Surprise. <laughs> not that it is her, that it just looks like, hey, that kind of looks like Ali. And I mean, again, I go back to the great, you know, esteemed trivia on Lostpedia, but that's just Survivor Wiki. <laughs> like... And do you want to know the actor of Joseph? Oh, please, story? I've been dying to know. So, Lisa Fraser, Arlene, and Joseph Stewart portrayed by unknown. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just like... A, no one knows who this guy is. That's just like the cleaner on set up. that day. Shit, we need a husband <laughs> for Arlene. Um, uh, you. <laughs> Pedro, get, get in the shirt. Put a shirt on. I, I, I did think he looked kind of a bit weird and awkward and out of place, so he really must have just been, like, some random... <laughs> Who's the lawyer? Like, I mean, <laughs> oh god, this is why like Australian actors in this show like get real. It's like again, I've been to Hawaii. There's so many Australian people in Hawaii. Like, just pick one off the street. It's better than Pedro here. <laughs> uh, anyway, so oh, this is also the lawyer's only known role in t- today in television or film. Uncensoring a recurring thing. You wonder if he goes to conventions. <laughs> Yes, I played Barry Whitfield. Uh, the, oh, no, that's his name. I played Mr. Slavitt, the lawyer in Raised by... Oh, I know you. Can I have an autograph? An unknown. We'd get him on the show, let's I be honest. Joseph. We'd honestly get him on the show. Who? Uh, Barry Anyone. Or <laughs> Hello, welcome to the show. This is Unknown. Unknown, he played Joseph. You know, I've interviewed two people from Lost in um, uh, Grant Bowler and um, um, Sundra. So, you know, two people. <laughs> When, when Sandra's episode? Anyway, we should... Season oh, six. God, plenty of time. Uh, hello, Sandra, if you're listening. Uh, so, anyway... We should. The, the, yeah, we should. Uh, the flashback is why these episodes go for like an hour. Um, the final flashback scene, uh, Malkin um, is there because Claire goes back to say that she's finally ready to listen to his plan. And basically, she's told that a couple in Los Angeles who are good people, they will take good care of the child... Uh, and you know, she's all like, well, hey, like, I'm not doing this. I had another ch- a couple for this child. And he's just basically like, oh, yeah, you'll get six grand now. Six grand. Like, she was going to get 20 before. Now she's only getting 12. 
<laughs> he's like Thomas. He's like, first you got to do this, and then you must raise the baby, and then no, you mustn't raise the baby. <laughs> like, god damn it, people are so bipolar in Sydney. And poor Claire falls for it all. Um, he gives a ticket. Oh, like this, I guess we kind of need to tie this in slightly to Charlie because. You know, when we get to this island bit, when we go through it, um, this is sort of interconnected where Claire's basically like, oh, for some psychic, he's pretty bad, you know, because clearly, you know, I've crashed here. And Charlie's like, well, no, what if, like, he made you get on that plane? And we then obviously see this flashback where he says, like, you have to be on this flight. It's this flight only. you got to leave tomorrow. Um, God, my mind was blown. Yeah, that's that's. I saw that on TV for the first time. And we get, don't we get more of a payoff to that? Or am I thinking of something else? Uh, we get an answer about Richard, but it's not a good payoff. Right. Um, okay. But um, I think yeah. the thing that I... Is it kind of answered, though? Because I know like when we get to the island stuff, when Jack's like, oh, your OBGYN was okay with you flying in your third trimester... Is that a thing? Like, I, don't, I know you've obviously dealt with a lot of pregnant no, I women. Like, I don't think a woman that pregnant <laughs> could fly on a plane, can she? No, I don't think this. We've got to suspend our disbelief um, for TV, but... Um, yeah, I like this flashback though. I think it's really captivating. The psychic stuff is creepy, uh, and then the ending is just—it didn't really go anywhere. It was like a big thing. Oh my god! Like my he knew. Um, yeah, and even he talks about they're good people. It's like, oh, who could they be? That could have been like a big twist, but no. Um, but at the time, like I don't remember Solitary. I don't remember Confidence Man. I don't remember the Moth. Even though I saw them live, it's been a long time. I absolutely remember watching this one live and just so many moments I remember. And this stood out. I was like, oh, my God, this show is something else. Um, but obviously one of the questions will be, did Malcolm know the plane would crash? And I feel like we kind of have to um, talk briefly about it because we will get an answer, but it's kind of glossed over a bit. Uh, we actually learned that Malcolm is... A hoax. He's not a psychic. Mm. We learn that next season. So it's a bit of a cop out, but basically everything he's saying here is just him not knowing that the plane would crash. Um, it's an answer. It's a cop out, I think. But um, but there was actually a deleted scene in season two. I think it's more appropriate to talk about it now than when it's in season two. But he's talking to Echo in his flashback, and he says, "I'm a hoax." Uh, just last week, I was paid $16,000 by a couple in Los Angeles to tell this girl to fly to, um, fly there and give the, give them her baby. Um, <laughs> they cut that from the episode. It's not in the episode. So that was never shown. So it's not really canon, but, um, but basically the, the answer to this is none of this was him knowing, which it takes a bit of the mystery away, but I guess it's an answer in one way or another. But at the um, time, it's like... As you said, mind blown. Like, yeah, the moment still stands up for just a time. Um, uh, and I'm not sure if you know this, but in season three, you remember when Locke's dad, daddy, shows up in the brig in in the Black Rock? Yeah. Um, yeah. So originally they were going to have Locke's dad show up, and also Richard Malcolm was going to be there. Oh. Um, and the idea being that they wouldn't mention Claire or none of that would ever be mentioned. They wouldn't know about that. Um, it would just be like he's a new character, but obviously the audience would know it. And I think the implied thing there was that perhaps Malkin may have been Sawyer as the con man, um, acting also as a psychic doing cons. Um they dropped the idea, obviously, mm. but that's kind of interesting that they had the idea of also bringing this character back for a third time on the island. That would have been pretty crazy, but I guess it's probably for the best they didn't. Yeah. Um, I like it when they sort of do that and, with, like, characters. They, I mean, I like it in any TV show, not just Lost, but, like, how they'll kind of have a recurring character that y- it's not necessarily vital for you to remember them, but, like, people who are paying attention to fans of the show are like, oh, fuck, it's Richard. Yeah. Payoff fan yeah. service. Um, and just one last quick point is, I guess, one of my theories, or not a theory, but one thing I think they should have done is rather than, yeah, say he's a hoax, yeah, he's not really a psychic, he doesn't have powers. <laughs> but we later learn in season six, jumping so far ahead now, that uh, Jacob, um, throughout the 
years, he's kind of pushed people in different directions that would lead them to the island. He doesn't directly put them on the plane where it crashes, but he kind of leads them you know, down a path. Um, and I really like the idea that Jacob has off-island advisors who kind <laughs> of help him. Because he has Richard, who's an advisor, on the island. I like Richard. I think they... Yeah, Richard's Jeff great. Probst. As in Richard Alpert, not Richard Malcolm. I'm talking about Jeff Probst, Richard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Richard Alpert, not Malcolm. Um, but I really wish they had this kind of big reveal of... That Jacob kind of tells them that, oh, I had off-island advisors who have been helping me throughout the years. Not just with oceanic people, but just in general things. And then we could have had this kind of big montage of different flashback characters and shown, cause that would have made perfect sense. Why was Richard so adamant and everything like that? Well, it would have made sense. He was working with Jacob and Jacob saw that Claire would benefit from being on the Island. Yeah. Um, and that that's like, it would have been obvious that they wouldn't have had that when they wrote this episode, but as a retcon, I think that fits in so well. And that would have been like a mind blowing moment in season six of that would have been a perfect answer to who the psychic was and how he knew about the island and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just my fan thinking of ways that the show could be better, but really I probably would be a horrible writer. But, yeah, I think that would be cool. Ever get, you know, that's my pitch. any of the people on the show, you could always put that to them because there's always these fan theories <laughs> that kind of go out there online that, you know, you'll have uh, creators of the show always come like, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, I don't know if I do that just to please the fans, but... Um, that's my pitch. Do you like that? Or yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes complete sense, and I think it would definitely, you know... I, I, I think it's less of a cop-out than he's just a host. Yeah, I mean, because then how and why does he know? To... Why was he so adamant? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good one. Um, anyway, that's the island, so we kind of back to the very yeah. beginning of the episode. Claire's having a dream. <laughs> She's hearing a baby cry. She goes into the uh, forest. She's not pregnant anymore. Um, finds Locke at a table playing... What's he doing? Uh, so they're just cards. He's not playing uh, anything. Um, he's got weird eyes. Uno. <laughs> Snap. Um, yeah, black and white. Yeah, he's got the black and white eyes. Um, and basically, you know what's happening. He was your responsibility. You gave him away. Gave him away. Everyone pays the price now. Um, then she goes in the jungle, sees a little kid. There's a mobile with like, uh, like fucking planes spinning around. Don't we see that? Isn't that actually a, an actual crew yeah. with planes in another episode? Yeah. Season two. Yeah. I thought so. Um, and then she digs in the crib and there's blankets, there's blood, uh, then all of a sudden she's screaming and char- this is <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at this, but like she's waking up, she's screaming her lungs off. Charlie's like holding her, and other people are right, like, are they not like going, Charlie? What are you doing? Like she's screaming, like, <laughs> like why are they accusing Charlie of like rape or something like that? Like if this was Boone, they probably would just <laughs> start bashing him up. <laughs> you stole the water, now you're getting rapey. To- <laughs> <laughs> I have to say. um... You know, Lost was never meant to be a scary, like, horror show, I don't think. Um, But I was, like, ten when this episode aired, or even nine, maybe. Um, And I, this, I say this episode stands out, not just for the psychic bit at the end, but I was terrified by this scene when I was a nine-year-old. Like, now looking back on it, you can see that Lost was really not meant to ever be a horror or scary show. But... I w- I'm not going to say it gave me nightmares, but I was terrified. The weird lock thing with the eyes and he's <laughs> acting all weird. And then the cradle full of blood and there's all this creepy stuff going on. Like, this scared me back in the day. I think there's a, we've all got, like, I remember there was an episode of Gumby that used to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, suddenly I feel a lot less well, silly this, about saying I was scared by lock. There was lock. this episode of Gumby that had, like, this giant white <laughs> thing with teeth that used to chase after Gumby and that red horse thing and it used to scare the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> what was that red Gumby. What was that red horse? Was it po- Pokey or something? Uh, was it? I don't remember the horse in Gumby. Gumby Oz coming soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that episode scared the shit out of me. Um, there was an episode around the twist that used to scare me because it had a skeleton in it, and I hate skeletons growing up. Yeah, that show was scary. Skeleton, I just had a fear of skeletons. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Gumby. Uh, <laughs> it? Oh, no. Get this sidetrack, Ben. Uh, so the ne- anyway, the next morning, um, 
Well, not really the next morning. Oh, it is the morning. Kate looks at... Uh, uh, Kate, she's a doctor now. Jack looks at Kate's hands. I'm a doctor. Shut up, Kate. Bless um, her. She's been digging into her uh, her palms, basically. Uh, I mean, that... Seriously, how do you do that? Like, ouch. Um, <laughs> and then Jack's kind of, like, talking over, you know, that, this is where we get that line. Oh, it's your OBGYN in Sydney saying, oh, you know, she wasn't too keen about it. Well, then why did she let you do it? Um, and I like a Jack's girlfriend that left. Him. Yeah, I like how you know she's like, "Oh, my back's sore. I pee all the time. I've been eating boring bananas. Sounds like a pretty healthy diet to me." Um, actually, can I just one thing? I'm just reading my notes here quickly. Just in the flashback when we've got douche nozzle Thomas, uh, when she's like talking about like, "Oh, how can we survive my five dollar hour job at Fish and Fry?" Can we just point out again that that's yeah, so below minimum no. wage in Australia that <laughs> yeah, that's illegal? No way. That's slavery. <laughs> that, is, no. that is like, to Americans, that's probably a lot. But in Australia, that's shit all. Like, you're going to jail for yeah. paying fish and fry. You'll never have a job. <laughs> <laughs> fish and fry is dodgy as hell. Yes, exactly. Um, and we're back at the... Is this back at the beach where Jack's, like, seeing Kate? Oh, this is a first. Um, what is it, like, sinking in the sand? Like, I'd, like I'm like i cringing at this bit. I'm even here on Lostpedia. Yeah. Jack finds Kate watching the ocean. The two begin to flirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that scene of her in the sand. Saeed would be proud. Yeah, because fucking all she's thinking about is Saeed. Like, I mean, this is really <laughs> underused, this pairing. Kate is so into Saeed. Um, <laughs> And then, like, Jack's all, what is he like? Oh, something tells me you're okay. Claire's going to have the baby soon. Like, everybody on this island, I think Claire said it early on, didn't she, about, like, oh, I'm a ticking time bomb of responsibility. Like, everybody's all like, oh, great, baby's going to be crying all the time. Like, Charlie's got his guitar. <laughs> I'm not living at the coast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, then we get Charlie and Claire. I do like, because she's like writing in a diary in Charlie. I was like, dear diary, still on this bloody island. Today I swallowed a bug. <laughs> it's cute. I like it. Um, they drink tea. Now, is, so tea. is this real tea or is this imaginary tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Charlie. I brought you tea. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't, Charlie. No, it's bloody tea. <laughs> I do like it. I do like he notices, I, this is the first time I picked up on the line, he talks about us, like, we have to stick together against the Yanks or something. Um, and, yeah, you can't, that kind of goes unnoticed, that the pairing of Claire and Charlie is the Australian and the British guy. Yeah. Like, they're... And, I mean, it would make sense that maybe that bonds them over the rest of them are just all these annoying Americans running around the island. Well, as we've established, there's, like, I think no Australians nice on this plane from a flight from Sydney. So, I mean, we've lost TV's Kimberly Joseph or Johnson or whatever her name was. We yeah. forgot about her. Where's, where's, where's she gone? What's happened to her? Um, we'll find out soon. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I like the little lines here, Charlie. You know, I think we could be friends. I could be your friend. Uh, you know, They're doing a good job of slowly building their relationship. Unlike Jack and Kate. Like, episode one, mildly flirting. But here, I think each episode, we kind of get a new bit of Claire and Charlie. It feels much more natural. And, like, it is natural. And, like, the thing is, though, that I think it's what's really done well between the two of them is, like, it's it's not, like, shoved down your throat, we want these two to be together forever. Like, it almost is like a friendship that could go either way, if you know what I mean. Like, you would be okay with them just being close friends, um, as well as, oh, great, if they hook up and get married and live happily ever after. But, like, it's... I don't know. I just think it's, it's done in such a way that even if they're not ultimately going to, you know, bang coconuts, they're still a nice little pairing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's you subconsciously because you would watch, uh, like, Kate and Sawyer, but, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone's begging for the the Charlie Claire sex scene. Yeah, I don't know how that would turn out. My baby! My baby! <laughs> I'll sod it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to see that. So maybe they're good just as friends. I have a confession to make. I watched a woman last night have relations <laughs> with a baby. That's no. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, we obviously had a flashback. Then we get back to uh, Claire uh, wakes up, but she's got somebody with a knife over her. Help me! Help me! My baby! Uh, <laughs> uh, but then Ethan happens to come in. What's going on? Uh, it's dark, I couldn't see. He was trying to hurt my baby. <laughs> um, like Scary. Uh, and then kind of, you know, this obviously leads to Hurley um, 
starting to to come up with the idea of a census when he's basically like, well, we don't know who anyone is. Who the hell is Stephen Scott? Was a Scott and Steve? Yeah, yeah. He says, I'm out here looking for some psycho with Scott and Steve, and then I realised, who the hell is Scott and Steve? <laughs> I. One thing, we've talked about humour in Lost, but people just do underestimate the meta-ness of Lost yeah. so much. Like, they do so much clever meta jokes of, yeah, who the hell has gotten Steve? Um, it's great. And we... we no Doug. We, we, no Doug. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and we also find out that his name isn't actually Hurley. It's Hugo Reyes. Uh, why? I'm not telling. <laughs> not telling. <laughs> love how he I says that. that. Oh, fuck, I love Hurley. Um, he's so good. Uh, meanwhile, we get sort of Charlie comforting Claire. That's nice. You know, I'll watch over you all night. Yes, because I'm creepy. Um, and then I like Hurley the next day when he's going around asking questions. <laughs> I love the sense stuff. It's so good. Uh, I love it. Like, Hurley goes to lock. Uh, just like typical lock, I looked into the eye of the island and then I was here. Uh, um, and just like, right. Yeah, and then I love the way that, like, um, he, what does he say? Like, he gets away from it, but he goes up to your random Puerto Rican yeah. woman from a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, it's, it's Shannon's friend. It is. It's all, the pointing girl. It's all, <laughs> she's pointing away. It's like, I don't want to ask him, but just, I didn't want to get away from him. She starts pointing. <laughs> God, that was hilarious. So I, I know I already talked to you, but I just wanted to get away from you for a second. <laughs> and I later I read that uh, Jorge Garcia improvised those lines, which makes it even better because oh, it's funny. hilarious. That's funny. And it's something I didn't pick up until like my fourth or fifth watch of this show, but it's just so funny. Though. We then get it's so early. Jack, Charlie, and Kate. Jack basically implying for the first time that he doesn't believe Kate. Uh, Charlie, oh, he's bloody not lying. Um, and then Charlie, I mean, I look, Claire. you know, like I know it's kind of like my our hero Jack, and like, but like you've kind of got to understand Jack's perspective here slightly. I mean, he's a doctor, and he's saying like, well, you know, you can get a bit of you know hallucination in pregnancy. So, from a medical perspective, I think he kind of maybe has a little bit of a right to say that, right? I mean, I don't know if you're like, oh, Jack, yeah, and Jack, and they were in a survived a plane crash, so it makes sense that she'd be having traumatic experience yeah and i mean like as we learn out she's due in a week maybe two it's you know stress and all that sort of stuff but anyway uh, then we get back to hurley hey lance <laughs> huh <laughs> <laughs> it's ethan <laughs> oh good old lance <laughs> and i like what he's like lance. lance is a little skinny guy with glasses oh i don't think it'll get you too confused <laughs> <laughs> then he's like on these little. Yeah, the great little. I love this. Scene. Then he's list and he's like, not Lance. <laughs> Ethan was it Rohan or Ron or something like that. Oh. Uh, where are you from? Ontario. Yeah, so- right on. I love Canada. Great. Uh, damn. <laughs> I just love that uh, line. Fun little fact: Ethan Rom is an anagram for other man. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And I mean, his last name really isn't even Rom, so I don't know if he just made that up. Then, or he changes it at some point. But. Wow. Look at you with the stats. Uh, what does is, what is your dear friend say in that book about Ontario? It might not be Ontario, Canada. <laughs> yeah. This could be Ontario, Ohio. How does Hurley know it? It is Canada. <laughs> Typical evil Canadians. Uh, <laughs> that's where it should have been, like, Ontario, eh? Um, meanwhile, we get Jack sort of... Um, with Claire, trying to give her a sedative, and basically he sort of implies that he doesn't believe her. Claire chucks a little tanty. She leaves, and she's got a good point. Like, I'm leaving. It's not safe here. Like, I was safe in the beach, um, which, I mean, she was. So, you know, fair point. Um, And then Charlie comes in. What did you bloody say to her? And another cave-in happens. Uh, No, it doesn't really. (laughs) Always seems to happen when Charlie and Jack are. It's just an ongoing trope. They just like, what did you bloody say to her? Like, oh, crap, get Boone. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Boone, um, back to the beach. Um, Because what is uh, Hurley? Who's Hurley with? Shannon? Um, what's your name? Shannon Rutherford. I'm 20. My address is Craphole Island. <laughs> that is one of my all-time favourite Shannon oh, lines. It's so funny. So good. Um, it's hilarious. She, she's up there with Sawyer for the one line. And, of course, who has to pop his little head in to see what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Hi, everyone. I'm Boone. Boone. 
He's a liberal. He's wearing like a t-shirt with like Asian writing on it. Um, I just I love like Shannon's line. Like, what does he say? Like, oh, because you're creating your own Patriot Act. And then like, oh, he's a liberal. He goes to rallies. Uh, <laughs> can I just add this, my, I'll point out the line, which I forgot to mention. I love Locke's line earlier when he's like, oh, so you're doing a census. Who's checking in on you? And he's just like, yeah. uh, me. Like, I'm joking. Uh, me? <laughs> um, what is like... What does Hurley say? Is that where he says, like, oh, you know Claire, the pregnant girl. You know her? She was attacked. It's like, oh, yeah, because, like, didn't we actually see a Shannon and Claire line, like, in the beginning? Like, yeah, a little bit. So, you know, but I mean, knowing Shannon, she doesn't know. Um, but then, like, I love Shannon's line, which is like, I'm not moving <laughs> I'm to the not, rape case. <laughs> I'm so not moving to the rape case. <laughs> First, we had named Shannon Rutherford, age 20, address Crapole Island. Literally, we've got two of the best Shannon lines ever in the space of about a minute <laughs> we get typical boone just sticking his nose in wanting to know what's going to happen then all of a sudden he mentions that there's a manifest and of course who's got it sawyer um and boone's like well i had it but then sawyer had a better one <laughs> and then can i just point out sawyer and he's wearing like the most girliest sunglasses i love it <laughs> i love it uh and then i just love hurley the way he does this he's like look this is how it's going to work you're probably going to tell me to screw <laughs> off and then screw, like, off. screw, screw off. off like you could just give it to me uh yeah and then that's what he says you know you should know how to butter a man up stay puffed uh stay and then he's like yeah manifest is in the brown suitcase um so yep that's nice then we kind of get claire and charlie and basically claire uh, charlie's like oh i like you and Char- claire's like you don't like me you just want to rescue me <laughs> Um, and he's like, all right, fair enough. And he just walks off. <laughs> Not really. Um, but what happens? Oh, she starts having contraptions, contractions, contraptions, contraptions. <laughs> she builds an aeroplane, uh, contractions. Um, what is, what have I written here? I'm sugar plum, plum fairy. What? Oh, that's his counting. One sugar oh, one sugar... Oh, I've written I sugar plum. One sugar plum fairy. Like, um, <laughs> I'm not delivering the babies. Like, go get help. It's like, I can get, I'm a drug addict. I can kick drugs. Oh, let me explain. I was a drug addict. Oh. I'm clean now. Get Jack! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it convenient that she's going to lose her memory? Oh, I just, I just love the way he says it, though. Like, I know you don't really like Charlie, but he's just... Sometimes he's just that awkward... Okay, that's why I like. I think I relate sometimes to Charlie, because he just says things awkwardly out of place and, like, digs himself into a hole. So, oh, let I me I want to know the combined IQ of Claire and Charlie. <laughs> they would be a good couple. And Chuck Hurley in there. <laughs> uh, so, Charlie runs off, but uh, finds Ethan and go get Jack immediately. So, he runs Lacking. back. Uh, to try and calm poor Claire down. And this is kind of when we get that scene intertwining when she's telling him about the psychic and this is where Charlie's all like, oh, well, what if it wasn't, you know, um, he basically told you to get into there. Um, and then her contractions stop. Um, things seem to be fine. Uh, meanwhile, this is when things get interesting because while we're waiting, because this is where, like, where's Jack? So we're expecting Ethan to tell Jack. We don't know anything about Ethan right now. He's from Ontario, Ohio. He's a nice guy. Um, and then back in the cave, though, Saeed shows up. Uh-oh, what's he doing back? Um, he needs water. Basically says, we're not alone, then faints. Um, and then Hurley, just to add fuel to the fire, comes back with his manifest I love Hurley's running. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and basically, we find out that one person was not on the plane. We don't find out who it is straight God, away. Is although I do love the way they do it. Then we cut back to yeah. Claire and Charlie. And uh, who's there? Ethan, looking incredibly creepy. Oh, hello there. As most people do from Ohio. And <laughs> they ask where Jack is. They stare at him. Then, boom, lost. <laughs> Gosh, it's what good. an intense ending! Yeah, that this entire last minute, even after six seasons, is up there for me. Like it's so intense with Saeed running back and he's delirious, and then Hurley and Jack and Jack's not paying attention. Jack, I, all the names. Jack, one of them wasn't. He wasn't on the plane. And then hello there. It's just everything works so well. All the threads pull together. Like. Everything wraps up into a cliffhanger that's going to lead into next week, but it's just a perfect ending. That being said, remember how in Walkabout we were the one podcast that picked apart 
one of the most iconic television scenes ever with the wheelchair scene. Um, I absolutely love this last two minutes and I would maybe put it up there in our best moments of the season. I think it's so great. It's always stood with me 13 years later. The manifest thing I have some issues with because, you know, Boone says, oh yeah, we crossed out the names of the dead. Also, you're going to have a lot of people who never made it like, who were just completely dead, uh, who never made it to the island, their bodies are scattered in the water. Uh, you're going to have all of the people on the tail section, Bernard, Rose, Libby. Um, it's a bit... You've also yeah. got Sawyer, Sawyer, who they don't know. His name is James Ford. I, I, like, I get it. It's a perfect moment. I love it. But, like, seriously, they can deduct from his little census that Ethan Rome was not on the plane. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Like, but you're right. It kind of is a bit silly now that you point that out. <laughs> like, how come they're not questioning Sawyer? Like, yeah. There's no Sawyer on the manifest. Yeah. I didn't know if you had more to add to that. Yeah, like, yeah I, I never thought about it that way. That's actually a very good point. Just ruin the whole ending, but uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm nitpicking because it's still one of the best endings it's Thomas's of an fault. episode of Lost. It's Thomas' so. fault. Yeah. Um, fucking nozzle. <laughs> but it is so intense, though, between Hurley and Saeed and Ethan. is so menacing. We'll see that next week. But He's creepy as fuck. That guy, it. like, seriously. Like, yeah, it's just, hello there. I remember watching this live. And this, remember, like, because we jumped between the flashback. Remember, this was right after the scene of, oh, the pilot, uh, the psychic, he knew I was going to crash here. So, already one mind-blowing moment. Then suddenly, well, hello there. Like, now we're getting into Lost that was water cooler television that people could not wait a week for. And everyone was talking about, yeah, like, earlier on with the wheelchair and stuff. But kind of the moth, the confidence man, people were liking it. But this is the kind of stuff. Everyone was talking about in 2004, and I love it so much. And you've got to, I think, really clarify that for a lot of our listeners who might have, who might be sort of at that age where they're used to TV now really being kind of, you know, Netflix released all in one go. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you still have your shows at a week to week. I mean, Game of Thrones obviously does it, and you still got those shows, but I think for the most part, people are used to, TV shows being done in a binge-watch fashion that they're all releasing one go, so you can just sit down and watch it for 12 hours straight. Whereas, like, yeah, this that wasn't a thing in 2004, so you're absolutely right. Like, this was legitimately, fuck, I'm going to work or school or whatever the next day to talk about this, because, again, no social media. It's not like as soon as this episode ends, you're like, fuck, who's Ethan? Like, you know, you literally yeah. have to wait. Like, you'll be on the phone calling people, like, oh, my God, who's Ethan? So, like, this is, yeah. like, the extent of I've how kind of good that it. is. And, like, even 13 years later talking about it, it still stands up. I mean, yeah, and there were no podcasts, not yet anyway, season two, but, um, but just things like, you know... I think being able to binge it now would be fulfilling for people because, you know, they don't have to wait and they can put the pieces together more clearly. But I wouldn't trade it for a second that I watched this show oh, live same. through the six. Absolutely. I would not trade. It was painful week to week, but and often I didn't have many people to talk about it with, especially later in the seasons when people stopped watching in Australia. But I would not trade it. Like, just I would kill for a show nowadays where stuff like this is happening at the end of an episode. And yeah, that's kind of something that's been lost, but no pun intended. Uh, um, but yeah, it's such a great ending and it just had everyone talking. Completely agree. And this is the thing that, um, you know, it's like I, I pointed out to you last year when I rewatched it was that, like, I can get, I, I guess I was one of them that kind of, you watch it over six years and you kind of, oh, well, did they answer? Did they answer? You just kind of forget about it. Whereas, like, when, this show is really a show that you need to binge watch. You need to watch all together in a short-ish period of time because it, it does, you realise how well done it was in terms of a lot of these things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a great way to end this episode. And it's just, but, the next episode you know, is obviously going to conclude about- a lot of this stuff. Well, not even conclude it. Yeah, it's it's going to continue much part on it, two. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of hard looking at now because we've seen these episodes so many times. We know how the show ends. But if you really put yourself in that perspective of watching it for the first time, it really just shows how crazy and amazing this is. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. Now, uh, we'll get into some questions, of course. Bef- uh, well, our, our answered, unanswered questions before we get into our ratings. Um, <coughs> what are... Do we have any questions? Unanswered questions? I mean, who's Ethan, I guess? I mean, like, is that an obvious one? Um, yeah, I guess, who is Ethan? Who is he? Um, well, we have who are the others. 
and we know he's kind of another. So I think we can probably leave that as as not a question. But um, uh, uh, well, well, I had did the psychic know the plane would crash? Did the psychic know that plane would crash? And that will be answered. We already talked at length about uh, it, but still, it's a question for now. Um, crash. All right. Uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, I don't know really much to add. I mean, um, did Rachel oh, miss... Oh, what about uh, Nikki Stafford's answer <laughs> questions? Uh, did Claire really go to an OG, OBGYN regularly? What? She's fucking <laughs> pregnant. Of course she did. What a stupid question. Um... <laughs> what? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought her, I thought her Ontario question was bad. Like, <laughs> uh, well, this one kind of is one, but we won't put it down. Is Thomas mentions Claire's at daddy abandonment issues? What is he referring to? That is a legitimate one, but we don't well, need. Didn't we to already establish that everyone has daddy issues in this show? So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think did the psychic know the plane would crash? Which is answered, and I don't think we need to put who is Ethan because that's kind of like who are the others? Did, is this? Am I thinking ahead to this? This wasn't the episode where Hurley's playing... No, that's the next episode where Hurley's playing Walt for $20,000. You'll get it, dude. Yeah. That's the next episode. Okay, sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Um, But, yeah, no, I don't have nothing to add. Sorry, I just... I randomly thought I missed a scene there. Um, Yeah, all right. So we'll get to rating it. Buy it, rent it, bin it. Uh, As always, it's our rating system. Um, I mean, I'll go first this time and just say, look, I'm going to rent... Look, I... It's weird because, like, I know I kind of, my argument last episode was, like, things that kind of are important that really, and, like, the ending of this episode alone is kind of, like, puts it up in the buy it category. It's a high rent for me. I just, look, there's just something about this episode, which, I, I mean, I like it, but at the same time, it's kind of, to me, not one of my ones that I would go out of my way to watch it. Like, you come to, like, a Claire flashback. Like, I don't know about you, but when you're doing rewatches and you kind of, you read, oh, I remember this one. This is a, you know, a Jin and Sun episode. Or this, like, when it comes to, like, oh, it's a Claire episode. Oh, okay. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, overall, this isn't one that I'm going to rush out and want to watch over again, b- besides the fact that we've got some good payoffs, some good, you know, cliff- a good cliffhanger and everything. But, uh, yeah, I- I- I'm just going to rent this one. Yeah, I think I like this one a bit more than you. Um, and some of it is nostalgia because for some reason this one just stands out. This and like the pilot, there's just because it's been 13 years, a lot of it kind of gets lost in memory. But this, I still have memories of sitting in my lounge room watching this episode and talking about it. Um, but yeah, as I said, there's a lot going right for this one. Um, I love the flashback, I think it's engaging with the psychic. And Malcolm and the ending is just like mind blowing of like, oh my god, he knew about this, which obviously in the end he didn't and it didn't really go anywhere, but at the moment. Um and we have the introduction straight up, a follow up to the others, straight after we learned about them last week. Um the yeah, the ending alone, I've talked at length about it, it's amazing, one of the best. Um, Ethan, very menacing. Um I love the Claire Charlie moments, they all feel natural to me. I love the sensor stuff. You know, we're talking about lost humor, the talking to Locke, um, and then I needed to get away, and then talking to Shannon, <laughs> and two of Shannon's greatest all-time lines of Crapo Island, and I'm so not moving to the rape caves. <laughs> um, we have Hurley and Ethan, and we don't really have the dumb line of the week, maybe $5 at Fish and Fry, but we don't have stupid lines about integrity of caves or Thomas is just like stupid that. in general. He's just a dickhead, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Thomas. Um, and, yeah, I feel like, yeah, this is one of those ones that just goes by really quickly, I think. Um, so, yeah, I actually like this one more than Solitary. Oh. And I'm going to buy Raised by Another. Um I think, yeah, I can't think of many flaws about it. I really like it. I think it's one of the better flashbacks. I'm always engaged by it. Um, And, you know, Claire, she's not the greatest character, but this is probably one of her better moments. Um, And, yeah, it's not up there with the big buys of, you know, Pilot, Walkabout, White Rabbit. But, yeah, I think I probably enjoy it more than Solitary, even though Solitary introduces more mythology stuff. Um, But, yeah, it's action-packed and kind of sets up the next episode as well. So... Yeah, I can't think of major flaws for Raised by Another. I think it's kind of an overlooked episode in Lost. So, yeah, another another buy for me. There you go. You, you Another opposite one for that. Uh, we haven't had that one in a little bit. So, uh, 
done, locked in. Uh, that moves us on, though, to episode 11. Uh, all the best cowboys have daddy issues. Uh, I love the title. <laughs> it's a good title for it. Yeah, it's great. But uh, this, this, can I just say, this is where I got a bit confused when I remember watching this one, because I think I've already mentioned, I assumed that they were going to go in order. You were just going to get, everybody was going to get a flashback episode before they start repeating characters' flashback episodes. So I remember watching this going, oh, we've already seen Jack. Why are we seeing another Jack episode? Um, so it kind of threw me for a little bit. And considering that we haven't seen beloved Boone yet, you know, we haven't seen Michael, we haven't, uh, seen Hurley, uh, you know, Jin, I know we kind of saw Sun, but, um, it's kind of interesting that we, we get, look, we get another Jack episode, we get another Kate, we get another Locke. Do we get another lock before we get to Hurley? Uh, no, that comes after Hurley. Oh, I was looking no. here. Uh, so I mean, we, we get another Jack, another Kate before we then get to a Boone. Another Sawyer. Then we get a Michael and Walt. Then we get another Charlie, another Sawyer. Then we get a Jin. Then we get a Hurley. So Hurley's the last one who we will get one from. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the next episode. It kind of, I like the next episode better than this episode for sure. So I, I enjoy all the best Cowboys have daddy issues. And I mean, you know, I'm more of a fan of Jack than you are. I like Jack. Uh, he's going down a little bit on this rewatch, but I still like Jack. Uh, and I, I like the Jack flashback episode. I think it's an interesting one. Yeah, all the best Cowboys have daddy issues is a great episode. Uh, kind of part two of this episode and really action-packed, some great character moments. And yeah, I like the flashback. So it's always been one of my favorites of these uh, this early kind of bunch of episodes. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. And of course, remember, if you look forward to us talking about it and want to get involved, you can send us questions, comments, anything else in the meantime. Find us on social media, search for the Oz Network, and remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, by all means, please leave us some feedback, some ratings. We kind of would appreciate it because we've only got a few. So, I mean, just, yeah, do it. Uh, But it's been a pleasure having your company here on the show. And my name is Ben. And fuck you, Thomas, you douche nozzle. My name's Noah. And I can kick drugs and I can end a podcast. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.